Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. This is Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Now that's a perfect example of some of the issues that we've been having on Blog Talk Radio. It plays the new Open tonight. Last night it played the old Open. I don't control that. There's a button you're supposed to click that says you play this as your Open automatically. And I say, okay. And I clicked it to play the new Open back when I made the new Open a few shows ago. But last night it played the old Open for no reason whatsoever, and then tonight it plays the new open again. I don't know what the hell's going on with Blog Talk Radio. That's the bad news. The board is still kind of screwed up. The good news is we're here. We're connected. We're live. Our, our mics are actually working. We've been talking before the show, and hopefully we'll still be able to talk now that the show has started. This is Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live for the second night in a row on a Monday night. April the 30th, 2018. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We had to have our draft aftermath uh, aftermath uh, because our draft aftermath show last night was really choppy due to connection issues. And our after show was completely messed up because I was talking in tongues. Apparently I was coming in triple and we just had to abandon that and cut it off. So we come back tonight to clean up anything else that we wanted to talk about as far as this year's NFL draft and all the events and trades and happenings surrounding that. So, Jay, you ready to try this again? I sure am. I'm here, and I only hear myself once. I only hear you once. It's like we're actually having a normal human conversation through the miracle of computers. It's like we're having a podcast, you know, that we pay money for every month for the right to have a, a podcast. That is correct. Hey, every once in a while, we every once in a while it goes smooth. I have to say, this is probably the first show, oh, since I don't know when, that neither one of us have had to disconnect or reconnect or no wait. You host the show and I'll call in, or you're on the phone on a speakerphone, sounding like you're uh, at the bottom of the ocean. So even if the board doesn't work perfect tonight. At least I can hear you, and you can hear me, and we don't have to put up with uh, what was probably one of the trickiest hours I've ever had doing this show, what we had last night. So even remembering what we covered was tough because I was just so concentrated on just what I was trying to say. You know, weird pauses. I, yeah, I was telling you before the show, just that cadence that I had picked up through the show where I'd say a few words, leave it linger, wait for myself to catch up, then start up again. <laughs> then you weren't sure if I was done and you'd you jump. Yeah, we were just stumbling all over the place last night. But somehow, some way, we, we, we managed to stick it out for an hour plus. And uh, we did get thoughts in. So we, we did get some of our thoughts in. I know we... we, we covered a lot of the top of the draft, the moves of the Cleveland Browns, their sort of their machinations and what all went into them taking Baker Mayfield up at the top. 
and then everything that just sort of started rolling into place after that. But the the lust of quarterbacks seems to be the new thing, and this goes back probably every year. I think that we've done this podcast that just seems to be every year it gets worse. I agree. Uh, I I'm still trying to give you the boy howdy. <laughs> it didn't work. Don't. It didn't work. I heard I, I heard the piano key right at the beginning of it. <laughs> I, I this was on the different browser too. This was on the Explorer that I tried it. So yeah. the browser doesn't matter. The board still is screwed up and and we can't really work the board the way we want to, but that's okay. We'll just have to fill the time using our voices like we normally do. Uh, You're right. Uh, The quarterback horniness is going back several years now. It's before uh, the, the Mariota and Winston deal. It's now this most recent one before, uh, before Baker Mayfield, uh, you had the Mitch Trubisky deal last year with the Bears falling all over themselves, moving up to two, and we discussed that a little bit. And then, of course, before that was the Jared Goff-Carson Wentz one-two combo of guys you never heard of all of a sudden being put one and two in the draft. And it's interesting because now, in hindsight, you look back at those two, and we had our share of laughs at both of them, uh, Carson Wentz being from, you know, bumfuck Egypt, uh, South Dakota State or whatever, we just had no regard for him coming out like, okay, whatever, you know, let's see what he'll do against real competition. Uh, And Goff didn't really know what to make of him. And then his first year under Jeff Fisher looks so terrible that we just thought he was going to be a bust. Now, with the hindsight of how great both of those guys looked in their second year last year, uh, for different reasons. Well, maybe for the same reason, a coaching change and, and not just a coaching change, but putting offensive gurus and coaching and quarterback gurus and, and great offensive minds around both golf and wins, uh, resulting in both of them having unbelievable seasons. I fear that's going to uh, fuel this quarterback fury and horniness that we've seen now. Uh, if, if, if it was ever going to fall off, now I think that just added more fuel to the fire for the next few years because you just throw all caution to the wind and take a quarterback no matter how mediocre they might look in college because you go, well, we we get a guy. We just got to get the arm. We got to get a guy, and then we'll put some coaches around him. We'll put some minds around him, and we'll coach him up, and we'll turn him into a great quarterback. That's all we got to do. We just got to find the guy and make sure we take him before anyone else can take him, and then we'll get the coach and the, the guru to make him great. Uh, so it, it's not going away. It, uh, it looks like it's going to always, at least for you know, the foreseeable future, be uh, a quarterback draft. It's going to be uh, the draft for who's going to be the top quarterback to come out this year, uh, and he's guaranteed pretty much to go number one or number two. Uh, and then falling behind him will be the next two or three quarterbacks guaranteed to go somewhere in the first round uh, because everyone is going to go for that quarterback no matter what. If you need a quarterback, you're going to go for it. Jacksonville is going to be in that market after they figure out that Blake Bortles is not the answer. They're going to be right back in there trying to draft a quarterback, trade up to draft a quarterback in the first round, maybe as early as next year, uh, and it's just going to keep going round and round and round. 
I think what's created this has been the slotting of the pay. Now that you don't have the bonus baby anymore, you don't miss on a first round pick and set yourself back as much as you used to. So if you jump up and you take a quarterback at 10, or you take a quarterback at 12, it, it's not the you're now indebted to this guy and he's got to be your day one guy from, from here on out. And you've just completely sunk everything, every resource, your whole organization into this quarterback for the next, you know, four or five years. And, and then you're done because in the old days, if you did that and you took a quarterback number one overall, paid him that boatload of money, you didn't have the ability to then go another year or two later and take another one if things didn't no, pan out. No, he was your guy. Right. Now, you're still indebted. You know, you're still, you still have a financial obligation, but it's not what it used to be because everybody just falls into this rookie slot with this rookie cap. They they play out almost you know almost similar to the way baseball does you know you're under the control for a few years and then you basically you break out when you go and you get your big free agent deal, so doing everything the way that the NFL has now with the rookie slotting and it didn't make sense I understood a lot of that came from the veterans because it didn't make sense that this number one draft pick who ain't done shit in the NFL <laughs> is now the highest paid thing. player on the team yeah mm-hmm. so. You see, I think I don't think it's as punishing for teams to reach anymore if they think that that's what they need. And, and we've seen hits and we've seen misses, but the teams that are missing are able to, instead of being just sunk for you know half of a decade or more, maybe they're sunk for for two years. You know, you, you, maybe you don't go and jump out and draft a quarterback first round two years in a row, but that next year. No problem. You know, and I think we'll start to see that more where it doesn't hurt you as much to reach as it used to. I think it makes good copy. It gives us something to talk about, but let's just be realistic. I mean, the Cleveland Browns didn't win a game last year. Even if Baker Mayfield comes in, Tyrod Tyrod Taylor gets a few starts, plays okay. Baker Mayfield comes in. They did add in some offensive weaponry. You would figure their ceiling is maybe four wins. That's still going to put you somewhere near the top of next year's draft. Even right. even with winning four games, maybe even five, they have a five-game swing, which teams don't have very often. They go from 0-16 to 5-11. Well, 5-11 means you're still drafting 8 to 10. Probably fourth. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah, you're, so you're still drafting pretty well. And if Baker Mayfield's a total bust, maybe next year you don't take a quarterback. But if Baker Mayfield's a total bust, you're going to be drafting high two years in a row. Yeah. And then you can trash it and start it all over again. Let's not forget the uh, the Browns did draft Deshaun Kaiser last year. I don't believe he was a first-round pick, but he was a two, I believe. Right. And he's already oh, off right. the roster. So there's no problem with, well, we took a shot on a guy. He didn't work out. We're going to take another shot. Because we stink. <laughs> you hate to see these organizations that perpetually suck get rewarded. That's why we talk about, you know, like when we talk about our, our fantasy baseball, again, I hate to bring that into this, but when we talk about our, our ultra seeding for our, our draft after the auction, where it, it rewards the teams that just missed out on the money, or in this, let's say the case of the NFL or NBA or baseball, those teams that are just 
out of the playoffs were the teams that would be the rewarded, and then it goes backwards. And then the playoff teams or the money teams, quote-unquote, would come in after them. That is a so much more brilliant scheme where you actually have teams all fighting for something at the end because you could have that team that's 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven or, or, God forbid, you're 10-6 and six to 11-5 and five and miss the playoffs. You're able to go out and now get the number one pick in the draft. And these teams that are just constantly mired in the muck are going to have some incentive to get out because they're always going to be picking it, you know, 16 or 20. I'd love to see that too. The the reward for fighting all year, it would be the number one pick. Right. Instead of the the tanking tanking. or like in the NBA, all the NBA tanking this year. That was legendary. That was, (laughs) I I talked about my, my Memphis Grizzlies down here and how they, Set a, 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 a tanking blaze across the NBA. They went on. They went hard on the tank. I mean, hard. They played guys you never heard of. They were, were benching their star center Marcus Saul toward the end of the year. Uh, it, it was it was real bad. Um, but yeah, that's a great point that you bring up about the slotting of the salaries. Because would the Rams have been that hot and heavy? to go use their first pick on Jared Goff if they had to give him $100 million? Would the uh, Browns have been that hot and heavy on Baker Mayfield if they had to give him $110 million? It's, uh, it's a very interesting concept that they don't have to go that hard as far as the money goes anymore and risk having the next Sam Bradford, which ironically was a lot of the comps that were being made for Baker Mayfield. You talked about – ESPN making a lot of comps to Johnny Manziel on NFL Network. There were a lot of comps being made to Sam Bradford, and it wasn't just the style of play. It was also the fact that Baker Mayfield got hurt and and had some injury uh, issues. Um, I, I, I believe I'm uh, confusing him actually with uh, uh, with the UCLA kid uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, he was the one that was being compared to Sam Bradford because he was uh, injured during the season, not Baker Mayfield. Uh, but yeah, Baker Mayfield was the was the Johnny Football uh, comparison. That was accurate. That he's he's got the attitude issue. Uh, he he might like the 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 celebrity of football a little too much. Um, and if you see that, do you want to take him and, and give him 110, 120 million dollars and take that chance of potentially torpedoing your your organization? Uh, although in Cleveland's case, your organization is pretty much torpedoed anyway, so kind of, you know, what's the difference? No, and I, I get that. I mean, it's and it's you got to figure that some point, somewhere, this organization is going to turn it around, and an organization that's a joke now will eventually become better. I mean, they're going to accumulate so many top draft picks; you would think they'd almost become better by accident here over the next few years, they completely gutted the whole regime, you know, new GM didn't swap out the head coach. I don't know how that works. Um, But he got to, he got to stick around. Uh, Hugh Jackson got to stick around. They must've not blamed the whole thing on him. They may, maybe, you know, the GM came in and probably figured we're just going to, we're going to roll with some stability and maybe let's give this coach some, you know, some, some players and see what he can do. But you, you know, anytime there's a regime change in an organization and they, they keep the coach, 
that coach is, you know, a dead man walking. He, he's a lame duck. You got Hugh Jackson, who's no probably it. a lame duck coach. Mike McCarthy's a lame duck coach. I mean, if they don't get the results, these guys are gone. Now, that is yeah, usually know the signal. It's like, oh, yeah, because you fired, let's see, you fire all the or- uh, coordinators, you fire everybody around the coach. It's just the coach left out on an island. And here you go, coach. Let, let, let's see you coach this team up. And if you can't do it, then that GM is going to be itching to get his guy in there as fast as he can, which is the same reason why that GM is itching to get his quarterback. So this GM comes in, picks Baker Mayfield. This is his guy. This was his pick. You can't blame this on the previous regime. So we'll see. I mean, wasn't this the, this, this was the team where the, I believe it was the owner said he wanted real football players like midway through the season. (laughs) But what? Well, not a real coach, apparently. So I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. Maybe, maybe Hugh Jackson is the Jared Goff of coaches, and he's just going <laughs> to light it up now. And this team is just going to, you know, catch fire, and he's going to be this genius that we all never knew he was. Uh, as long as he's not, uh, as long as the new GM is not John Elway, where he just says. Oh, uh, we suck because my players suck, and but I'm gonna stay here. I'm the guy that picked these players, <laughs> yeah. but I'm but I'm not going anywhere. So I, you really can't do anything at that point if your organization is just being held up by uh, an executive that makes the decisions. Who says that his decisions suck? Yet he's not going anywhere. If you, you know what you are if you do that. You're the Dallas Cowboys because they can't do anything either because their organizational leader. Uh, makes mistakes personnel-wise all the time, yet he's not going anywhere either because he thinks he's a general manager. And, you know, we, we talked at some length yesterday about your, your hatred of uh, both Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott. I, I, I'm not impressed by either one. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it hatred, but I don't, I don't have much of a use for either one of them. No, I, I think, I think Jason Garrett's been lucky. I think he was, firmly on his way out the door until that team drafted Ezekiel Elliott. And then the, the skies opened up and the beam of light filled Jason Garrett's head from the skies above and said, we should run the ball more. And now all of a sudden he's a better coach. It's amazing. Uh, it's about all that happened. I, he refused I don't to do know it when DeMarco you... Murray was there rushing for probably could have had 2000 yards behind that old line. Yeah, I don't know how you look at your O-line and, and your talent at running back and decide that you need to do anything other than run the ball. But he did it. He, he thought he was the, the quarterback guru and that he could uh, coach him up and get it done through the air all the time. And no, it, it didn't work that way. But yeah, I, I agree that he's been a little lucky and that his luck looks like it's it's certainly about to run out. I don't I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to do much of anything this year. I, I picked them to miss the playoffs last year, I believe, and, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, but that's just, you know, the Cowboys love. That's the Cowboys fans who always think that they're a lot better than they actually are. I, I talked in the last show about telling the Cowboys fans, look, your, your quarterback, he's, he's not all that good and, and nothing's really going to change until you upgrade there. So they might be the ones that launch out and take a chance and, and draft a quarterback in next year's draft as well. There's some teams that I look around and I really can see in the next year or two, 
they got to make a, a, a big, bold move for one of these quarterbacks at the top of the draft, whether it's uh, they're so bad that they fall into that position or whether they trade up to do it. Uh, Jacksonville, Dallas, uh, just to name a couple. Uh, but so many of these teams tried in this year's draft, five quarterbacks, as we said, drafted in the first round. It's, it's, it, it might not be uh, – that might be the trend. That might not go away anytime soon. We might have teams just decide to, to take the shot uh, at four or five quarterbacks in the first round every year. Yeah. And, they, you know, and they always – it's funny when they – somewhere there's always sort of like a redraft article, like, well, what if we took the year's previous draft and then we, we redrafted it? You know, <laughs> how all over the map it would be how different that top 10 would look. And it just, you know, it just shows you the crapshoot, especially from a production standpoint, you know, and, and like we were you know, going back and listening um, to our show from last year where, you know, you especially cause uh, you and I had gone and, and we had met with uh, Renard and Cass, you know, our, our football yep. fan rush radio counterparts and Cass was just, drumbeat on this you know the, the the wide receivers are trash in this draft and the dbs are great and this is from a observer who went to the combine who saw better than all the pro teams saw mm-hmm. Be- because you looked at the dbs that were coming out you know marsh on Lattimore. i mean just, just jumps right off the page i mean he you know, Jaylen just look Ramsey. at the production they got out of him, Jalen Ramsey. You know, name a name a stud receiver that came out of last year's draft that you can think of. You know, that was a top guy. Uh, um, was, was Corey was Corey Davis great? I mean, Corey Davis made a few nice plays. Oh, <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> Remember the the hype around him is Wyoming, right? Oh, this kid's from Wyoming. They no, don't know Michigan. what's coming. Michigan. Oh, okay. Central Michigan. Michigan State. Central Michigan. Yeah, he's like the all-time yeah. leading receiver in uh, in NFL. I mean, in uh, college history. Right. Yeah. And and, and what happened? To and he the... was the fifth. And he was the fifth pick in the draft. Mike Williams uh, from the Chargers. Uh, yeah. Still waiting. Waiting for those uh, receivers. Still waiting for so yeah, so I'm looking at la- so looking at last year's draft. Corey Davis, Mike Williams, and John Ross, who went to the Bengals, were all drafted <laughs> before Marshawn Lattimore. Oh, before Marlon crazy. Humphrey, before Adoree yeah. Jackson, Gary and Conley, Tre'Davious White. <laughs> Wow. Uh, the Packers. The Packers took this Kevin King kid. I, I am pretty sure he had injury issues. Yeah. So I think that was sort of the the jury being out. But there, there's the, there were high impact corners all right there, um, all back half of the first round, being taken. You know, pretty pretty late. Um, so that yeah, it's very it's very interesting. But they learned their lesson because what are the what what happened with the wide receivers in this year's draft? They really waited as late as they possibly could to start taking receivers this year because they didn't want to make that same mistake again. So at least they learned their lesson. Yeah, the 
Panthers uh, took the first receiver off the board at 24 this year. That's right. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. And then you had the Falcons. Apparently the Falcons just need more wide receivers. Um, you know, <laughs> they yeah, step up and draft weapons. Calvin Ridley. They just said, let's just get Calvin Ridley to, to go out there with Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu now. So I had uh, observations about the, the when the wide receivers went. The first one going, D.J. Moore, uh, at 24, yeah. as you just said. And NFL Network called him a, quote-unquote, fast riser up the board, oh, up no. the draft board. And you know what that That's smells like to me? Mark Sanchez? A uh, little more recent and, and at the same position. Kevin White? That's right. Our, our guy in Chicago, Kevin White, the, the workout Your warrior. <laughs> yeah, he, he rose up the boards real fast. How's he doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he just tore it up at the combine and then proceeded to tear up every part of his body every time he played. Yeah. He, he tore it up all right. So that's what that just freaks me out when I hear about fast risers up the board like that. That doesn't make me feel good. And then Atlanta settles, quote-unquote, settles for Calvin Ridley, who's probably going to be better than D.J. More so, you, you should be yes, happy. Uh, the NFL.com player ratings had Kelvin Ridley as the highest rated wide receiver in the draft. Oops, and one of only, I believe, six players. When I looked at the overall stats, one of the only six players who they rated as a seven on their 10 point scale or higher. But DJ Moore was a fast riser up the board. We got to get the fast riser, yeah. Uh. I'm not even, you know, trying to be controversial. But again, you've got 32 teams. They all have their different talent evaluators. They all like different players. They all have their own scheme and their fit. And they know what they want. They think that this guy fits their system or their scheme or their locker room better than another guy. I, if it was easy... You know, everybody would just get a cardboard cutout of, of of every player that they wanted, and it would all be perfect. Well, no, you know, people easy, jumped people but... jumped all over Seattle for drafting Rashad Penny in the first round. I swear, I thought I thought Bell Kuyper Jr.'s head was going to explode when that pick came in. <laughs> I think they they're sick of running back roulette. There's a couple of picks that uh, got the teams that are just sick of the running back merry-go-round and say, "Okay, we're, we're taking this guy. We're going to trust him." Uh, Mayak actually loved uh, uh, Penny. He called him a three-down back. Really? Uh, yeah, so, I saw that. I was I read that on his recap. Yeah, so it's not that it's easy. It's just that there the, the streets are littered with former general managers who thought they were smarter than everybody else in the room, <laughs> and, and taking projects and guys who didn't deserve to be taken that high. There, there's plenty of them out there. Go talk to them if you want. Hell, yeah. from the NBA, and, go and, talk to the Sam Hinkie. He's on the street, even though his Sixers are actually doing well in the playoffs. And so, as uh, you think you're as, too as, smart, you know. Yeah. If, if you, and, and as much as people kind of bagged on the Browns, I, I had no problem with them jumping up in the uh, second round and taking Nick Chubb. No, it's the second round. Anyone who has a problem with a second round pick can, can go scratch. It, it's the second round. Come on. What what are we talking about? Top of the second round. Right? I mean, you're only three picks away from being a first round pick. But to say that that's a, a 
to say that that's a waste. It's the second round. It, if, oh, it's, if, good if pick. it's the second round. No, I'm saying if anyone thinks that that's wasteful or, or a bad move to move up to, oh, to, no. to get him. No, I was I was actually uh, they didn't move up in that spot. Uh, or actually, no, I'm sorry, they did. <laughs> that was a trade. So they moved up there. So they get the quarterback. They get the running back. You know, they, they drafted a corner real high. They brought in Jarvis Landry. It, the team's going to win a few games. It won't be zero. You wouldn't think. <laughs> no, because how many of those games last year were they in in the fourth quarter? It was quite a few. A lot of them. A lot. I mean, they had Pittsburgh pretty much beaten week one. They they had the Packers beat, oh. and then had the Packers. That was the one I called. I was I was the one who's finally calling the the Cleveland win, and they had it, and then they just yeah. completely. Bleh. Just gagged that whole thing up. I mean, they were they competed. I will, I'll give them that. But they just found ways. They invented ways to lose games. And that's what bad teams do. They have some better players now. A few of those L's are turned into W's. Josh Gordon's, uh, you know, if, if he plays even close to as well as he played, even with Deshaun Kaiser throwing him the football, he can stay on the field and, and, and not fail more drug tests or have more off-the-field yeah. problems. That's just Keep another weapon clean, right son. there. Keep his nose clean, and that's just another weapon. And, yeah, I, I, the Browns will win some games next year. Not First of all, everyone's going to overlook but... them. You're going to overlook them. You're gonna, they'll jump up and pop a few teams. Yeah, we're, we're playing Cleveland. That's a that's a gimme. No, yeah. Not only did they compete, the but they, if, I, if I recall correctly, I had them as my lock in Week 17 to cover the spread against Pittsburgh. I knew they were going to be in that game. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they won that, and they were right there to, to win that one as well. So yeah, they they fought. They every were in game. It the they first time they lost every game. Well, right. with with Pittsburgh's sort of propensity for giving it up to bad Playing teams, down I mean Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland would what, Cleveland go twelve and four against the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun with that uh, last year. Bryson Brooklyn, our guy. Oh, all those Steelers, they they'll drive you crazy. I tell you. Uh, uh, had a few more before we go too far. I had a few more first round observations uh, to 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 get out that I didn't talk about. Did I, I didn't have a chance to talk about on the last show? So I'll just do them rapid fire. Uh, the Giants. Uh, we talked a little bit just now about teams that wanted to stop playing uh, running back roulette and just take one guy and slam him in there and 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 rely on him. Uh, they go with Saquon Barkley, uh, the highest play uh, rated player. In the draft, by the way, on just about every draft board, as far as just a pure player, he was the guy. And and looks the part. It looks every bit the part. Still, uh, the, but still, I know we talked about this yesterday because we were a little garbled. But why did Cleveland not draft him number one and take the quarterback at four? Don't know. Did that? Does that make sense? Am I am I am I just talking out of my ass? Does that sound dumb? Take the best player at number one. You're sitting on the fourth pick. I guess I'll say if this was 1990 or 1995, they probably would have. But running back has been so sort of degraded uh, these days that yeah. no one really thinks running back is as great as Ezekiel Elliott has been. Uh, now we see how great he's played. He maybe deserved to be uh, 
close to number one, closer to number one when he got drafted. But when he did get drafted by the Cowboys at, what was it, three three or four? And everyone was like laughing. They were like, oh, my God, they took a a running back that high. Are they crazy? And you see how he turned out. So it's just the 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 circle of of the trends right now. It's all about the quarterbacks uh, and the running backs are are being totally shoved aside. Oh, they're interchangeable. You can just get another guy. If he fails, just throw him to the, into the garbage can and find another one. So, uh, but yeah, Saquon Barkley, that physical specimen, the way that he runs, the way that he plays. If this were uh, uh, twenty years ago, he probably would have been number one. And also, if this were twenty years ago, Leonard Fournette last year, who looked even more of a beast, probably would have been number one as well. Okay, well, want to just interject there with that. Yeah, uh, the Jets come up after the Giants, and and had they may have had Sam Darnold on the top of their board anyway, and then he just kind of falls to them because of all the other people that went ahead of him. So they maybe have found their franchise guy. A little bit of uh, USC that I saw. I, I liked what I saw out of, out of Darnold. He looks like he's got a, a shot to be pretty good. Uh, but all of these guys also have, they're, they're, I guess, high ceiling, high floor is, is what I would think for all these quarterbacks. Because I saw uh, the little, again, I don't watch college football, you know, very intently. The, the little bit I saw of all these guys, I saw flashes and I saw things that would go, oh, no, that's not going to cut it in the NFL. So uh, it, it all remains to be seen how it all plays out, of course. Uh, Cleveland's pick of cornerback uh, Denzel Ward uh, at number four, that drew uh, that drew another surprise. Uh, everyone on the panel at the same time went, whoa. I don't know what they were expecting. I, I know they weren't expecting the two quarterback thing that Steve Smith and, and some other talking heads apparently were, were suggesting, but they weren't expecting that. They were not expecting uh, a cornerback at four. Uh, so that was a, the next big, the, the two biggest surprises of the night. Both were the Cleveland Browns. So go figure on that. Uh, Denver uh, kept strong on the D line with their pick with Bradley Chubb. So uh, they'll, they'll let Case Keenum sort of have a free pass as a quarterback, because they're just going to keep trying to hold teams to like three points or less, and then you don't have to do as much as a quarterback if, you're, if your defense is that solid, which was the plan. Yeah, they, and, Peyton, and they, they, they just have Peyton Manning on retire. <laughs> they're going to just have that defense again. I was gonna say, it was supposed to be the plan last year, except Trevor Simeon and Brock Osweiler were that bad that they couldn't even, uh, yeah. couldn't even hold that end of the deal up. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Keenum. Buffalo gets up to seven uh, so they can grab Josh Allen, the the big stiff from Wyoming, the the future uh, hip-hop star. Uh, Mayock used the the, the P word with Josh Allen. It's not a vulgarity, but if you're a football fan, it might be. He called him a project. Oh, fuck. (laughs) You can call it a project. That's not good. Now – I, now there are varying levels of project. Like Tim Tebow was a project. He was a quarterback what? who couldn't throw. That's not, no, 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 no. That's not a project. That's a guy who can't play. That's not a project. <laughs> well, he, he. There, honestly, I do believe there was a spot on the field for Tim Tebow, and I think some of it was just I, pride because I could have easily seen him convert to a tight end. Yes, I heard that a lot. Tight end. I, I would have made him at my uh, my my goal line tailback, but that's just me. Yeah, uh, but quick, I mean, yeah, quick, I mean, just no. change of pace, something or other. Yeah, and not and we're not talking in one of these you know horrible 
experiment type ways like they did with Ty Montgomery, who Mike McCarthy is seriously trying to murder. You know, where you, you're a wide receiver and you're running stiff and upright and you're just running into the hole and getting just blowed up on every play. And, you know, well, just keep getting back up and going out there, kid. Um, you know, project at quarterback. I mean, was it Paxton Lynch a project at quarterback? That's not turning out so well either, isn't it? Very similar comp no. there, I think. Uh, big, well, big, not very I mobile, mean, big arm guy. <laughs> No, Paxton was uh, was a little more mobile than you'd think. He's his problem is he can't play NFL quarterback. It's not the mobility that he can't make. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but deer in the headlights. But it, uh, yes, uh, decision making problems. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he was you. a project yeah. and uh, not working out uh, so far. Although it's still there's, there's there's still time. He's still young, but yeah, uh, yeah not not looking good. I'll admit that. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. There are different levels of projects, um, but I just don't want a, a guy that I take at seven to to be a project. I want him to be a little more of, of a sure thing, I guess. Uh, but yeah, any quarterback you take out of Wyoming is going to be a, a, a bit of a project. Uh, probably Carson Wentz was a was a bit of a project coming out of the, the school that he was coming out of. Uh, yeah. But he got he got in with the with the right people. He got in with with Doug Peterson and Frank Reich, and, and apparently anybody you stick in there is going to have a, a shot to, a, at success. Even Nick Foles, for God's sake. Um, but yeah, uh, Mayak used the p word on on Josh Allen. Uh, the the racist tweets will play well in Buffalo, so that's one good thing about him. I, I know we talked a little bit about the tweets weren't yeah. all that racist. Did you did you did you do your did you did you read them? No, I th- I thought uh, it was covered okay. well enough from what I was reading leading up to the draft. Okay. Old rap lyrics and and use of of the n word and and I was okay. I I, I didn't yeah. think I had to investigate it too much further. Okay, you know. Okay. But you uh, look at the Bills. That's not even one of those high risk picks because you've got to figure that AJ McCarron is just going to sort of be their starter. And for all we know, I mean, and A.J. McCarron might be respectable. You know, he's on a two-year deal. If he plays even decent, and that team, that was the playoff. I know we joke about the Bills and that they were full of quit last year and hashtag full of quit. Um, They were a big joke, and we made fun of them a lot. They, They do have a lot of talent on that roster. They do have good players. I mean, they, they were horribly coached. They, the guy was a total bonehead, made some really ridiculous decisions, especially at the quarterback position. Um, their their player personnel was clearly just trying to torpedo their season, and it didn't work out. And they still end up, you know, getting two high first-round picks, and they get A.J. McCarron out of Cincinnati, who, who pretty much had to legislate his way out of that position. And he might be all right. He, I mean, for, so for all we know... Josh Allen might not sniff pro football for for two years if AJ McCarron plays it out and is decent. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, he, he's definitely going to get the start. There's, I cannot imagine Josh Allen outplays him in training camp and, and winds up starting uh, opening day. Um, so yeah, he'll have time to to learn, which is I guess what you want from a project. You give him time yeah. to learn behind a veteran. So there you go. the old days, it will work yeah, out for the best. 
is the NFL right. we grew up with, right? This is the NFL that we grew up with when you had your established quarterback and you drafted a guy and he sat for a few years on the bench, learned, and then by virtue of the other quarterback sort of aging out or getting hurt, then the other guy would be ready to go when he knew the offense and he knew the system and he knew the plays and you you went off and running and it was just the sort of that passing of the torch. Now it's everyone loses their shit and they give they oh we drafted the quarterback first throw him out there to the wolves. Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco uh, broke the system and I still remember when it happened. Oh yeah, it was like oh my yeah. god they're starting opening day both of them. What's wrong with those teams? And they and both successfully. Yeah, they've both been to a Super Bowl. I mean, one of them won one, and the other one should have won yeah. one. Was ahead by 25 points in one. Yeah. yeah. They didn't lose because of Matt Ryan. I think we established that. So my Bears, my beloved Chicago Bears, uh, yes. need to get offensive weapons for Mitch Trubisky, clearly. So well, in the so first round, they draft they, a linebacker. Of course, they get a speed linebacker, Roquan <laughs> Smith, uh, and another it, lightweight. He's 235. It's just like Leonard Floyd. They're, they're not going to really be too stout against the run or anything, but they're going to be light and fast, that's for sure. So there's that. I thought I had time warped back to lovey days. Well, Rex isn't our quarterback, thankfully. No, uh, yeah, uh, light and fast on defense and 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 prey on offense, pretty much. But no, I, they they did they did well. They later on in the draft, they no none of the weapons that they were looking for were were worth where they were drafting at seven. So they decided to go in in this direction. So I guess I understand that, and so we'll see how Roquan turns out. But they did get some help later on, free agency, and also in the draft. They actually. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. They actually look pretty good. I think they came out of this weekend uh, looking pretty good. Okay. Not, not necessarily but, playoff good. Well, I was going to say, because, again, in, in a division where you're looking up at the Vikings and the Packers, we talk about this with the Bears every year. Until the until the Vikings and the Packers have that window closed, and I think it's it, it's going to close sooner on the Packers. I was just about it to will say, on the, it feels like the Packers yeah, the are Vikings. about – on their last uh, little bit here. Yeah. I mean, basically the Packers are a one trick pony. That is, if you can keep Aaron Rodgers upright for 16 games and with that offensive line, that's no small feat. If you can keep him upright for 16 games, you will win 10 or 11 of those games. You'll have a shot. You'll go into the playoffs and then all bets are off because Rodgers is, a, you know, he's a difference maker. It, and, and he can just put a team on his back and he can will them to victory in, improbable situations. I mean, they had no business going to Dallas and winning that playoff game a couple of years ago. <laughs> they had no business with that. They had no run defense. They had no business going down there and winning. Now, again, they beat Jason Garrett, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott your two favorite guys. But mm -hmm. yeah, I guess all, all, all you need is an upright, fully healthy Aaron Rodgers, and you have a chance. Unfortunately, that's not how you run an organization. Because what you're supposed to do is surround that guy with tons of talent and make yourself virtually unbeatable. And I think that's why the change, uh, I think that's why the GM change was made. That's why you saw the Packers more active in free agency. Um, 
and uh, they usually aren't active at all. Never active in free agency, and this year they they actually signed players Amazing. in free. I, I was blown I away. To do that. I I was stunned. Now we don't know if they're going to be you know top notch players. I mean, they brought back Tremont Williams. I guess they thought they needed an aging quarterback, but they signed Muhammad Wilkerson. They signed Jimmy Graham. And I don't know about you, but Jimmy Graham is getting an upgrade going from Russell Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. Just a little. I'll agree with that. I don't think we're going to be having conversations on in week six or week seven saying that when if Jimmy Graham gets hurt, that it's good for the Packers offense like we did <laughs> – with the Seahawks because they just didn't know how to use him because he did not fit. It was just, it was just a bad, it was just a bad play. And then also by trading for Jimmy Graham, the Seahawks gave up, I believe what was it? Max Unger. They gave up their center. Right. Who just anchored that offensive line. And now Russell Wilson runs around for his life. And uh, that's well, of course why they drafted a running back. So this guy who they drafted <laughs> better be really good at avoiding tackles because He's already going to be starting with three guys in his face when he takes the handoff because that Seattle offensive line is atrocious. So, again, maybe he's a good player. Maybe Mike Mayock thinks he's a three-down back. But if those three downs are, you know, negative run, negative run, you know, <laughs> blowed up and injured and out of the game, you're, you're not going to be in too good of a spot. Yeah, that third down, uh, he better be great at picking up blitzes is the other thing. He, needs to be good <laughs> he better at. really be good out of the backfield because it's going to be third and 13 a lot. Right. Because your first two runs to, were negative one, negative two. Needs to help protect that quarterback because Russell Wilson gets beat up every single year, that's for sure. Yeah, so again, um, you draft a running back in the first round when you have zero offensive line. One of our favorite uh not uh, under the radar might not be correct but one of our one of the teams that we like to watch that doesn't always get the media attention necessarily uh, over the years the Arizona Cardinals uh, of course yeah. they lose Carson Palmer he, he's officially done so they get up to 10 they trade up to 10 to get Josh Rose in the UCLA kid uh now Troy Aikman calls him the best natural quarterback in the draft you have to take that with a grain of salt because not only is Troy Aikman dinky from his playing days, but they both went to UCLA. So you, you have to, you know, but it, it's still, even if the, if you give that credence, uh, it's, he's the third quarterback drafted. It, yeah. it just, it goes into the, 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 the quarterback craziness and the, and the horniness of all these guys that got to jump up and take all these quarterbacks that some people may have thought that Rosen was the best of all of them. Some people may have thought Darnold was the best. Some people probably thought Baker Mayfield was the best. All these guys are sort of in a jumble. Like I, I, they're almost hard to sort out and, and differentiate after a while. So uh, at least no one called him a project. I guess that's the good thing. Well, well that's good. Last year we talked about, I, I was, I was, you know, pointing out in the show and we talked about this le uh, on our last show last night uh, uh -huh. yesterday we were talking about the, the quarterback who got drafted out of all this this jumble of quarterbacks and all of these guys getting drafted who went into the best situation and this year right 
I think it's Josh Rosen. So if you wanted to be a quarterback getting drafted by a team that needs a quarterback, you wanted to get drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. I had the Cardinals winning or, you know, being the, the team to get, I don't know if you're winning, but being the team to get Kirk Cousins, I was wrong. I don't know how that all ended up going down with the Vikings, but I know the Cardinals were in that one till the end. But you're Josh Rosen, and now you're going to be now. You're pretty much going to be the guy. I don't that that cupboard's pretty bare for quarterback. So again, you're going into a situation where you're going to be the guy, and you've got a Hall of Fame wide receiver that you can lean on, and David Johnson in the backfield. You're okay. Just just don't don't suck and learn the offense and you'll be okay because you've got a all pro if when he's healthy best in the league style running back who can catch the ball and he's a beast in the backfield and a Hall of Fame wide receiver who catches everything you put in his direction he, he'll be okay and then they have guys over the top so jo, jo, I mean yeah, that's what Josh I was Rosen say. Was... won the sweepstakes. I was about to say I've been a fan of the uh, of the other weaponry on Arizona too. I think they're underrated uh, and and they've shown flashes of being able to go get the ball deep downfield. John Brown and Jaron Brown and those guys. So uh, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree that, that Rosen has a chance to make an immediate impact and, and maybe uh, rally the Cardinals into uh, into one of those wild card spots and, and be one of those. Uh, I, we we might see Arizona on Saturday afternoon uh, uh, in January. <laughs> this, 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 I know we don't like to talk about this. Yes, but that's only because, what is it? The is it the Forty Niners? Are they just? Is it the fate accompli oh. now that Jimmy Garoppolo oh. goes fifteen and one, and then the forty? Because <laughs> I mean, let's let's just you know they would that no. I mean, you got to figure you got the Niners are going to be significantly better. We saw that in those last five. I know we joke about it and we play the Hallelujah music, but. He seems to be the real deal. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then they're just going to get better as he's in that offense more, and they surround him with more players. And then you've got the Rams. I think the Rams. I don't want to. I don't mean wild card as a wild card going into the playoffs. I mean that I just don't know what we're going to get out of the Rams. Was the Rams team in 2017 just a bunch of fool's gold, feel good story, and it just all kind of evaporated to dust in the playoffs because that thing went to shit really quick against the Falcons in the playoffs, they couldn't do anything. So is that the Rams team we're going to see and just sort of have a hangover and maybe the, the leagues figured them out and they're not as good as we think they are in an Arizona. So I really look at right now and I know we're not doing an NFL preview show for, you know, four more months, but I really do. And I just, I think Seattle's a last place team this next year coming up. I think they're the worst team in that division and everybody's window shuts they're the they're the Detroit Tigers of the of the oh NFC right now. That when the window shuts, it shuts hard. You know, Oof. that's like jail bars closing um, when that thing's shut. So, so yeah, but the, the NFC West. If Josh Rosen is competent, I think you got a three-headed monster in the NFC West. Well, again, we, we're not doing a preview show. You're right, no. but piggybacking on off of that my early impression of the NFC West is I think the Rams are more solid of a pick than uh some of those up than those other teams I, I 
believe in the Rams as an, uh, to again have regular season success and be a 10 or 11 win team. Uh, and it may be a, a similar fate in the playoffs. If, again, if they meet a team with experience that's, that's been through the wars in the playoffs, uh, they might get beat again in the first round. I think that was just a matchup issue. I, I liked the Atlanta as soon as I heard that matchup last year, but I, I, I consider Seattle a wild card, not a wild card team like you were talking about, but a, a wild card. I, I don't know one way or another with Seattle. I don't think they're going to be necessary. I don't think they're guaranteed to be a, a last place team like you do. I don't hate them as much as you do. Apparently I, they might be a last place team. They might wind up being, but I, I, but they also might make a, a run. I guess I have a lot of confidence in what Pete Carroll and those guys can do. And, the, the cover was definitely bare at the end of the season, but I think through the draft and, and free agency that they've not completely restocked and reloaded, but they've, they've addressed what they needed to address. They know what they're missing. They know what, what, what went wrong last year between injuries and, and ineffectiveness. Uh, it, it may not work out, but they did address what, uh, what, what they, what they were uh, lacking last year. But, uh, okay. But it, but but yeah, with the Cardinals right in the middle of all that uh, can go either way. That's going to be one of the more compelling divisions in football. Oh yeah, I, I, honestly, I believe it's going to be fun. I believe it's one of the more wide open ones. So from a competitive standpoint, I really do like it. So in the uh, the rest of the first round, the Saints trade up. My my. Super Bowl champion Saints. I do remember the fact that I've already picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl next year. Um, and I'm, and I'm oh, not you, you've changing already, that. I'm, you've already made the pick? Oh, yeah. We talked about this uh, at the end of the at the end of the, the Vikings game, that that miracle, ridiculous comeback victory. Um, I said the oh, Saints yes. impressed me enough <laughs> that I, I already got them next year. I think they're they're going to rebound from that and, and taste that bitterness all off season and come back ready to, to pounce. And I think they're going to win it all next year. Uh, but anyway, they trade up and deal uh, their number one pick for next year in order to grab a defensive end, Marcus Davenport, which that shocked the panel because they all assume that if you're trading up and dealing your number one for next year, then it's gotta be to go get Lamar Jackson, right? No, not necessarily. They apparently really wanted some Marcus Davenport, so he he better make a hell of an impact on the on the defensive line for them. Okay. I, May I, I even yeah, tell I, I don't know. Story, I don't though. know about the Saints. I don't know about the Saints as a, as a Super Bowl pick. You how how do you lose the way they lost? Oh, that that was that that's just that's just gut wrenching. I, I know, you know, and a lot of, and a lot of teams don't rebound from something like that. But some teams, as you know, kind of feed off of that all off season, and they're 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 bitter and they're angry and they can't believe what happened, and it just fuels them and they turn it into next year. They come back and they're like, nobody's beating us like that again. That's bullshit. We are not having that shit again. And I just think the Saints are going to be one of those teams. Um, well, I it, it very well. Well, could happen. Mayock even told a story about Sean Payton uh, saying that Lamar Jackson was uh, the type of guy that he wants to go 
uh, have a, a go take in the draft and, and make a, a project out of him and, and Sean Payton slobbering to Mayock about how great Lamar Jackson might be. And Mayock goes, trust me, this is what Sean Payton likes. This is what he wants. He's trading up to get Lamar Jackson. And the next second is being announced by Roger Goodell that it's Marcus Davenport. And Mayock is like, well, I apologize. I, uh, apparently it wasn't the guy. So they, he was the about as much all in at number one uh, with Sam Darnold. Mayock was that much all in with the Saints trading up uh, in order to get Lamar Jackson. And uh, so Mayock was fine. He was entertaining all night, but his his calls or his predictions, he, he was definitely off on those. Well, it's because all these guys, even Mel Kuypers, all of these guys, they think they're the smartest guy in the room. They let, they have the guys that they fall in love with through their scouting. It's not one of these things where it's like with the uh, your March Madness where they make 15 different mock drafts. Now, they do that along the way, but they can't point to an earlier one and go, well, you know, 11 mock drafts ago, I had this all right. Because <laughs> when they go in their desk, they've got their draft. They're, they're, he's got the big board, and Mayak's got his mock draft, and, and Todd McShay, and all these guys. They all have their, their lists and their guys. And when the things start going against the way they expect, the whole thing just gets blown up. And, and a lot of this, the last few drafts, that's been happening after a couple of picks. And it, well, I think that happens every year too. Uh, yeah, after it's just supposed to first it's part couple of, the of fun. picks. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, after, after the first couple of picks, it's like, okay, well, so and so traded up to get this guy that we didn't see coming, and that just blows everything out of the water because now we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much the story of the the first round after those uh, quarterbacks was all the trade uh, trade ups and trade downs and move backs and move ups and, and whatnot. Arizona up to 10 for Rosen, New Orleans up to get the defensive end, Buffalo trades up for linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, uh, whose highlights prompted Mayock to actually start singing Super Freak by Wick. By... That was a wow. That was like, okay, Mayock is starting to get a little loopy now. <laughs> you, you know the, the night's getting long when Mayock starts singing Rick James. Green Bay, after dealing down, came back up for cornerback Jair Alexander. Yep. And that was a nice move. Uh, all of Dallas is all primed for their first round pick. And it's Boise linebacker Leighton Vander Esch who enters to a deafening silence. Nobody knew. Who he was. No. Yeah. I love the reaction uh, because it was like stunned disbelief. And then a bunch of cheering because these idiots in the, in the little pit there for each team realized they were all on TV. Oh, uh, yeah! Uh, uh, yeah! Yeah! Yeah, Cowboys! Yeah, awkward silence before that, though. It's just like, uh, like, mouths agape, like, uh... <laughs> oh, what? Oh, yay! Yay, we got the guy we wanted! We wanted him all along! And, of course, the, the, the best moment of the night, uh, the Steelers' uh, pick being introduced by Ryan Shazier, who yeah. actually... Manages to walk I, out to make the Pittsburgh pick, and awesome. uh, there literally wasn't wasn't a dry eye in the house. So it was, it was uh, the rare few. I was moment. I was struggling. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh okay. I, I, I think I it was the transition. Was, I think the, the transition clipped you there. Yeah, the lady was yeah, the in lady, your ear, wasn't she? Lady in my ear. Yep. 
More on our after show when we come back. All right, we'll, we'll try this again into our VIP after show program. Yeah, I got scared when you said something and then it got cut off because last night uh, you, getting cut off meant that uh, somebody was sound, sounding triple and, and you know, getting cut off was just the – we didn't know what was happening last night. We didn't know if it was going to be, you know, the the any move that we made on the board, was that going to be the end of the show or, you know, we didn't know what was happening. Yeah. So. It's like you're sitting on a bomb and you're just waiting for it to go off. <laughs> Don't move. And last Don't night move. that bomb was right when the transition music was about to start was when you all of a sudden went into reverb and and it Ooh. didn't stop. So I'm like, okay, once we get through the transition, it'll get better. I, I, I actually muted you at one point and put you back yeah. on the mic and it didn't, yeah, it, nothing helped. I, I, there was no way. I mean, and you're talking to the guy who did, I believe a, a draft recap show a few years ago where I could only hear like one out of every eighth word you said and kept the conversation going. So I, I clearly can operate under duress. I couldn't do it last night between hearing myself double and you double. It was like hell in my headphones. <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> oh my God. So probably no, like you were, you, uh, auditioning for black Sabbath or something. You, <laughs> But no, you said it was like, yeah, I, I even, I even was, was like, you know, when I saw him, when I, when I, I knew who was coming out to do it because of the introduction. Yeah. Then when he walked out, I was, I, I even was like a little almost choked up. I was like, holy wow. cow. Good, good for him. Everyone, yeah, everybody. Was. I can't even make, uh, I can't even make a joke about it. Oh yeah, you could. You just don't want to. Okay, um, if they would have drafted I, I know Chad you. Griffin, they could have the. If they would have drafted Chad Griffin, they could have had the <laughs> McJobs program team. Yeah, you can't make a joke about it. My ass! They, I knew you had something. Come on, how many people get the McJobs joke? I knew you had something up your sleeve. Yeah, I was on. thinking that. I was like, yeah, all they have to do draft, draft. All they have to do now is draft the one-armed man, and uh, they can have the all-disabled team. They probably get a ton of tax breaks. You have the all-disabled team. This guy's got great... Kind of broke in. Again, the board isn't doing what it's supposed All to right. do. But, yeah. but, no, I I actually was... Uh... I actually was, was 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 pretty touched and moved by that. I was like, wow, that is... I, I From seeing a guy who you thought might never walk ever again. And and he didn't look comfortable to him. I mean, he looked like he was hurting. I mean, you could that, see the determination and just like, I am not going to, I'm not going to fall. I mean, I, yeah, that was, that was inspiring what he did. That's what, that that's what stood hurting. out to me was he was not anywhere near a hundred percent. He was, you, you, he looked you like think? somebody that got up out the wheelchair to make that walk. And was going to have to go sit right back in the wheelchair after he was done. Cause he looked like someone that really shouldn't be trying to walk on stage right now. Oh, yeah. He wanted the concentration to do it and, and the pain. Yeah. Yeah. He, he made sure to, to come through at that moment. That That's that's a, that's a pro athlete right there. The spotlight's on. I got to make this walk. And damn it, I'm going to do it. So that was that, that's what stood out to me. Yeah, everybody was, was tearing up. Uh, prime. Primetime had an interview with the the Steelers draft pick after that. Prime was tearing up. He couldn't 
yeah. uh, keep a straight face. The, the draft pick was tearing up. Everybody was was emotional about seeing that. That was that was special. Even in that condition, the Steelers would have had a better defense with him playing for them than what they had against Jacksonville oh. in the playoffs. But you don't have any jokes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we are the podcast that said that they should have just put Sean Taylor's corpse out on the field on that play where they only came out with the 10 men and they would have had a better chance of stopping that play. The Hall of Infamy induction, right? The ghost that of, was Sean, one of the, very, uh, the ghost of Sean, Taylor. Sean Taylor. Yes. No, I can I can find I can be moved by something and 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 find that heartfelt and touching and inspiring but I'm still going to be me. I mean, it's not to make a joke about it. And it's true. <laughs> he's probably better than the guy right now the condition he's in, he's better than half those yokels those, those Steelers were running out of linebacker. <laughs> 10 times better yeah, than whoever? Mike Mitchell. Oh, oh jeez. Oh. Yeah, that's like the joke. That's our Niagara Mike Falls. Mitchell's going into the Hall of Mike Mitchell. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Mitchell, slowly I turn, step by step. I guess you can't do inch by inch because that will just invite the, the guy to call back. Again. Oh, no, no. Yeah, sorry. Anyway. So we usually, uh, in our draft recap, sort of take uh, uh, carve out a, a, a special space to cover uh, our teams that are sort of closest to our hearts. With mm-hmm. me, would be my my hometown Bears. Even though you're from Chicago too, but you don't care about the Bears nearly as much as I do. Uh, my Bears, and then my home state team now, the uh, the Tennessee Titans. And with you would be the the team where you live, your home state team, the Green Bay Packers, and your favorite team from childhood, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you had uh, comments or thoughts about those uh, the drafts of the Packers and the Falcons. Well, obviously, uh, for you know a team that two years ago had a historic offense and gave up a twenty five point lead in the Super Bowl. And then, and then last year stepped back some. Still had a really good offense, but you know, and, and really played a. T- I mean, they played they played the Eagles, the eventual Super Bowl champions. I mean, they took them all the way to the to the very end of that game, um, yep. in a very low scoring, ugly game. I mean, they 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 made it a game. They did. They didn't just fall down. They they didn't do what the Vikings did for Christ's sake against the Eagles. They they actually stood up to them. Um, but for a team oh, where you're always, up? yeah, they showed up. And for a team though that you're always wondering about Dan Quinn trying to mold this defense after that Seattle, after the the well, the 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 now former Legion of Boom. That's not the Legion of Boom. It's the it's the Legion of Room from now on until otherwise, uh, you know, otherwise shown to me that they're not. Um, they take a receiver. I mean, yeah, he's probably the best player there at 26. And I, and I get it. Now you've just given that offense another dynamic to go with an entire offensive dynamic playmakers. Um, they drafted another running back because, you know, three's not enough. <laughs> Three guys do have a getting nicked up. And they did, obviously they took a running back in the fourth round. So it's not one of these where you're, you're, you're stretching anything or you're anybody's going to judge you harshly, but yeah, he might I would have been, teamer. 
Yeah, I would have been defense, defense, defense. And they did. They, they drafted up front. They got some beef up front. They got a corner who's supposed to, you know, big and long and can, you know, go up against those other NFC South. Uh, a lot of big receivers in the NFC South. So they went and they got themselves a big physical corner. Um, and they've already got the guys up front who you just think are going to get better. They've got those rushers who you think every year those guys are just going to keep getting a little better and better. So. I can't say I loved it or hated it. I mean, it, it was it was a draft. I think that maybe Calvin Ridley doesn't even have to come in and be overly high impact. This is a team who could have this. If there's a team that could afford to draft a receiver in the first round and not really need him, this is the team. You've got Julio Jones. So if anything, you've got a right wide receiver who's getting drafted onto your team now is probably going to be wide open all the time. Because you've got one of the best, if not the best, receiver in football lighting up on the other side from you. So the rich get richer from that standpoint. Um, if the defense can can keep getting better, I don't think this is a team that's going away. I, I th- and especially now that they sort of weathered the the storm of of the twenty eight to three, and I, I think they acquitted themselves very well. I was actually very proud of that team and being a fan of that team last year that they just didn't come out and do what you would have expected a team to do after what happened to them in the Super Bowl and go four and 12. No, they were right there. They were very competitive. They had a little bit, it felt like of a hangover the first half of the year uh, leading up to that Patriots game, the rematch and all the 28 to three talk. And I thought that they would sort of refocus after that and make a better second half for themselves. And and it looks like that's what they did. Yeah, so I don't think uh, I'm not necessarily sure overall what the draft is going to mean. You know, the 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 receiver will fit right in, and and he doesn't even need to come in and be a top producer right away. If the corner can play, if this is Isaiah Oliver, no idea who this guy is. He'd walk into my basement right now, and I am Isaiah Oliver. Like, who the hell do you get the hell out of my house? Um, I don't know who any, a lot of these guys, you know, and I don't watch college football where I'm paying a lot of attention to, especially a lot of these teams where these guys are getting drafted from some of these guys I'd maybe see by accident or know of them just because I watched a bowl game or I was aware of, you know, something going on, or there was usually what it is is something happens during the season where something gets brought up and it actually becomes a college football. And so it becomes a bit of a story, but, uh, yep. you know, reading reading what play, people thought of their picks, that they picked players that fit what they're trying to do. And I guess that's the best you can ask for when you're a top half of the league, top 10 in the league team. Did Adrian so, Claiborne leave uh, via free agency? Uh, the Let's see here. The free agents that, li- that left were – no, Don Terry Poe left, but he didn't do anything. Um for them so i see that and just check here on the depth chart right now because i was looking at their picks okay I i'm looking at their Roto world yeah, depth i don't chart see i don't see claiborne on here anymore so but what i was but the reason i was going to the depth chart was because i i don't think uh that i noticed this because it's your team i think i just happened to notice this i think atlanta defensively one to 11 is about as good as any team in the league. I understand they don't put up the numbers and make the stops all the time, but when you talk about just talent at each position, each and every one, 
and I was I was counting Claiborne in my mind among that, but say Claiborne is gone, they still have Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley uh, to rush the passer. Yeah. In the middle, they still got Grady Jarrett. On the linebackers, Deion Jones, who's a stud. Devondre Campbell. Uh, they got some guy Duke Riley listed as the, the strong side linebacker right now, but uh, even giving a pass to, to him, cornerbacks, Desmond Trufant, Robert Alford, uh, nickelback Brian Poole, free safety, Ricardo Allen, strong safety, Keanu Neal. Where's the weakness on that defense? So, yeah. no, I, again, I, I realize they, they numbers-wise, yeah. they're not they're not where they could be at the top. But when you talk about what the the, the coach is, is putting together, uh, Dan Quinn, they they got a chance. They got a chance in the future to be as good a defense as any team in the league because overall they just got talent at each and every uh, position on there. So when you talk about they didn't target somebody defensively in the first round, they probably don't think they need to. They probably think they got what they need as far as just you know starters and, and playmakers right now, and then they just need to fill in around them, like you said, to get the, uh, a big cornerback that's going to get in there uh, somewhere in that depth chart and help them out. So. But, but, man, they're loaded. Talent-wise, they yeah. are loaded on defense. Well, you know, and not just that. Because so, when you talk about all these guys, every year they're getting, they're getting better. So not only do they have guys on defense who we know can play, most of these guys are very young. Yeah. So, so you, you see the system. You see what they're trying to put together, you know, that they're trying to create a team that is relevant year after year after year. I get it. I love it. But I would have I would have liked to have seen I would have liked to have seen that first pick still been a little bit more on defense because you you're relying on this sort of young core. Um and I don't know if you but, but I don't know. I mean if that if that group ages in another year and now all of a sudden they become what Dan Quinn wants them to be. I mean keep in mind that most of these guys were still on that team 2 years ago that went to the Super Bowl and they were even, you know, obviously younger, less experienced. They didn't have Desmond Trufant in the Super Bowl, their best corner. Um, so who knows if it, what 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 might have been if they actually had their best cornerback patrolling around back there in the Super Bowl. So yeah, maybe you're selling me. Maybe Calvin really, who I know is a great player. I mean, he was one of the guys who got drafted. I was like, oh, I, I've heard of him because you, you know, invariably, right. if you're watching the college football playoff, you're watching Alabama. I mean, you're, you're watching these top end teams. So it's not like he's coming, he's, he's coming from a team that was already playing high stakes poker. So if and, he fits and in and makes Alabama, that offense. Yeah. In the regular yeah, season, that, that you, is, you, when you, you see oh. Alabama play, you're like, Oh, that's, that's different. That team, that's not a regular college team. That <laughs> that's something different there. Yeah. Those guys are, yeah. those are pros playing college ball right now. That's, that's, that's all that is. I don't know if, and if Calvin Ridley is the bridge that, you know, the, the gaps them back towards that offensive two years ago and that defense just to keeps improving each year. It, who knows? It could be, it could be another, uh, another good season. I don't have, I, I don't have bad feelings about that Falcons team this year at all. No, I don't either. I, I like them very, and the very Super much. Bowls in Atlanta. We almost mm. had the Vikings host the Super Bowl. So could this be the year? I mean, so you want to talk about the ultimate redemption story? Do it in your own building. That would be uh, 
one of those things that you never think would happen, but you wonder in your mind, could it possibly someday happen? So maybe it would be the same year that a, a 16 beats a one in the college tournament, which we thought would never happen, but you're wondering, mm, maybe someday, and sure enough, here it is, it happened. So. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll see another historic uh, event later in the, in, at the, at the, I guess it would be in February of next year. Yeah, but now, now what about? Uh, I think we're talking about Atlanta at length because now you have to talk about the Bears. <laughs> I didn't hate their draft. They, they, you know, they, it started out with the with another skinny linebacker, which made me like, eh, I don't, I don't know about that. But they they go on to to add help later on offensively, which is what I think they should have been focusing on for most of the draft. Um, I, I don't know that you, you look at NFL.com uh, and they would say that their top needs were uh, def- all defensively, cornerback, defensive lineman, linebacker. I think with Vic Fangio there, you don't need that much help on defense. I think he's so good as a, as a coach that he gets the most out of his guys, whoever his guys would happen to be. So I think the, the adding of, of offensive weapons, uh, so they go Anthony Miller, wide receiver from down here in Memphis, that son of a bitch had 28 touchdowns last year uh, in in Memphis. Now Memphis is playing one of those college styles that just you know quick, 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 no huddle, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's try to catch the defense off guard all the time. So you know it's it's you know a little bit of a hyper speed uh, uh, run and shoot type of deal. So 28 touchdowns is a little inflated, but it's still 28 touchdowns. That's still you know impressive on some level. So you know maybe a, a maybe his ceiling is a is a, a number three receiver somewhere down the road that's better than the bums that they had last year. Uh, get some help on the offensive line in the second round with James Daniels. He can maybe go inside uh, depending on what they want to do with Kyle Long and whatnot. Fine, we need protection for 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 Trubisky. He needs time back there if he's going to do anything. So I, I, I like that move as well. Uh, get more defenders as the as the draft goes on. A linebacker and a, a defensive lineman, probably projects. But you know, when you talk about the fourth and the fifth round, it's not really you're not going to find any uh, blockbusters there more than likely. So that's fine. Uh, and then another receiver at the end and in the seventh round is some kid from Georgia, Javon Wims. So I, I, I'm not disappointed with that. It, and, and you combine that with the free agency and, and the weapons that they added in free agency. Again, I'm not saying that they're going to go uh, 10 and six and make a run at the, at the NFC central, but or the NFC central, the NFC North, but I like the direction. I think it's an upward direction. I think the arrow is actually going up. And I think uh, Ryan Pace is putting together uh, the team in his image and it's going to, you know, sink or swim, but it's going to be with the guys that he wants, which is really all you can ask as a general manager is to get the chance to do what you want to do with your team. And now he gets to throw out the coach in John Fox that he really didn't want in the first place. And he brings in the, hopefully the next quarterback genius from Kansas city. And we'll see how, how that works out. So it, you really can't ask for much. There's really not too many excuses anymore for, for Ryan Pace. He's, he's got the, the guru coach. He's got the, the quarterback that he targeted, that he traded up for, that he wanted. He, he's putting weapons around him. There's there's no excuses. This team better be. They may not make the playoffs next year. They better be in the playoffs in the next three years, or Ryan Pace will be out of a job. Oh yeah, you know, and I mean, I look at the Bears, but 
they were better than I thought they'd be last year, but you could still see the you could see the growing pains. They were another one of those teams that were in a ton of games. I mean, they got they got straight up hosed in New Orleans, right? I mean, that was on the uh oh, Zach, Miller Zach Miller blows finish. his knee out. They had the Falcons four shots at the goal line in the home opener and they yep. couldn't get in. So they the great yeah, Mike I Glenn. mean the, the great Mike Glennon. Um that was that didn't last very long, did it? And then, and, then, and then the Bears give the Eagles the blueprint for the Philly special. So, you know, you can give the Bears an assist <laughs> because, you know, uh, Doug Peterson sees that play. Doug Peterson sees that play. And we talked about this in our Super Bowl recap. Is doesn't doesn't have so much ego that he can't steal something from another team. He's sitting there watching that game or watching that tape and he's just, just, I'd see him sitting there with his uh, his hand on his chin and then all of a sudden the finger point and goes, I like that. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then he starts gets his notebook that out and he good. writes it down. You know? I, I, I'm going I'm to save that one for a rainy day. And so I mean, you know, and again, we're not recapping anything here for a while. And you don't know, you're not, you haven't seen any of these teams in, in preseason. I mean, then again, we don't put a lot of stock in preseason, but we haven't really sat down and just sort of dug into, you know, what we think of each team. I, I still, I still think of the Bears as somewhere in that seven and nine, eight and eight range. Which, again, if, if your goal is to get a little, yeah, if your goal is to get a little better every year, and like I said, you're kind of waiting for that Green Bay window to shut hard, and then you get take your shot after Minnesota because Detroit, Detroit's just going to be Detroit. They're never going <laughs> to. I just don't think they get it. So, yeah, I I don't hate what the Bears are doing. You know, I mean, Trubisky, we we laughed about it. I laughed about it, especially when they jumped up to take him at number two last year. But he didn't – he wasn't the worst. I still don't really know what to make of him. I just don't think he has the weapons. You get some weapons around him, they they clearly have the running game. And if they they can't just keep hiding this kid, though. I mean, I don't want to see another – another string of games out of Mitch Trubisky where he attempts nine balls. You won't see that. Foxy's out of there. That, that's a, that was a John Fox thing. I, I know. Trust the kid and he didn't trust yeah. his weapons. So, but, but that won't be happening. Matt, Matt Nagy will not so, be throwing him only nine times. If, if this draft, you know, if this draft for me has advanced anything, it has advanced the number of names that immediately can go into the sports spelling bee. <laughs> it is it is a it is a who's who of how the hell do I say this name? Did you, did you ever get my a mom, look at the Bears' fourth round? My pick? mother, my mother, I, my mother sends me a text because the Packers of the sixth round draft this kid wide receiver out of Notre Dame whose first name is Equanimius, I think. Yeah. Yep. My mom's like, my mom texts me and goes, what kind of name is that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It must, it means something to his folks. That's what I know. So you can't That's take that actually, away. Have you done any research? Do you know anything about Brown. that kid? No. Have you, read, have you read about that fan? That family got profiled on Real Sports three months ago because oh, really? they're 
they're like the high school and college football version of uh, uh, Lamar and, Le- and Lavar Ball. Uh, that father. Oh, no. That's not what you want. Uh, no, it's not. That father is almost. He might be more crazy uh, than Lavar Ball. Um, their their last name is not Saint Brown. Their last name is Brown. He changed their last name oh, legally no. to Saint Brown because he wanted them to be special. Uh, in addition to the crazy names, there's two other brothers. Uh, I think one's in college and the other might still be in high school, and they have crazy first names too. Yeah. And they're all they're also named Saint Brown. They all have the last name of Saint Brown. The guy, yeah. the father, is a former bodybuilder. Um, and married uh, some white German woman, and they spit out three sons. And the German and the, the the craziest part might be the craziest part of all. The woman, the mother, she's just as insane about them being educated. So she was like drilling them. <laughs> they, they they know like they know seven languages yeah. or something like that. They were uh, talking in Mandarin, and then they were talking in German amongst each other. Oh, and she's. Yeah, that whole family has got something wrong with them. They, they, it, it was fascinating. You gotta, if you ever have any interest in in reading, uh, knowing a lot about that family, then then find that real sports clip because they are they're like the balls, except maybe even more interesting, more nuts, and more nuts. Is that yeah. possible? Oh, yeah. watch the clip. Watch the clip. yeah. I know this 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 draft this draft was. Uh... This draft was the key in PL All Stars. I was seriously waiting for somebody named Fudge <laughs> to get drafted. The Bears' fourth round pick. I'm looking at the name and still can't pronounce Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> His first name's Joel, so give him that. His Joel. His name's Joel, so that starts off pretty good. Yeah. Joel. 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 Yigbunway. If you if you say that over and over and over again, you eventually just break out into the lion sleeps tonight. If I got that name in the sports family, I think I'd be out. I, I think I'd be done. Yeah, but the problem is this is where you got to go back and watch the draft because they have like random people reading these picks. Trying to sound out these names, yeah, yeah. And then, and yeah, then uh, the Eagles right. drafted Josh Sweat. I was wondering if he was related to Keith Sweat. <laughs> Everybody named Sweat uh, is, has to be related. It has to, each to be because how many people are actually named Sweat? Not too many. So uh, yeah, it, I it thought was, that was uh, worth asking. It was it was quite the draft. Uh, this year, the 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 Philly uh, pick with uh, uh, with David Akers trolling the uh, the Cowboys crowd. We didn't talk. Yeah, about, we didn't we didn't talk about the most fun part about that pick, which was yeah that, he's, that the that pick. He's a, yeah, wait, okay. That the pick's Sorry. first name. Yeah, the kid's named after the Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> His first name is Dallas. They did the, they did their homework. They clearly and, did their homework. And the NFL Network guys, I don't know if they said this on ESPN, the NFL Network guys claim, I don't know how much of this to believe, that the Eagles traded up to get that pick from Dallas because they knew the Cowboys coveted that pick 
because they need a tight end because Jason Witten had just retired. So it was like a screw job all the way around. <laughs> We're going to take the kid named Dallas. Up there to troll him. And, and the kicker is the one taking out his dick and showing it to everybody. Yeah, look at this right here. <laughs> Gaze upon it. It's beautiful. Yeah. So they, they take the kid named Dallas that the, that the Dallas Cowboys coveted because they need a tight end now that uh, that yeah. Jason Witten is gone. And so the Cowboys, then the, the very next pick, settle for some, you know, corn pone offensive lineman from Texas, and everybody goes yeah. crazy because he happens to be from Texas. He may not be any good or yeah. whatever, but uh, apparently they really wanted Dallas Godare or Godard, whatever is however you pronounce his yeah. last name. Uh, and then the Eagles apparently cut them off to to get them. So that's uh, uh, I can't wait for uh, Dallas Godare to come into to to Dallas next year and catch a touchdown and, and spike the ball on him. And David Akers maybe will run out at that point and like help him do a celebration or something like that. I think they're going to keep that trolling <laughs> thing just going as long as they possibly can. That's David Akers, no, David Akers definitely has a career as a, as a WWE manager. Yes. That's, I would see the exact same thing. He needs to put on a little bow tie and, uh, do the Harvey Whippleman act and, and just go antagonize and piss yeah. people off. He'll be Brock, Man- Brock Lesnar's next manager. Especially considering he was standing, you know, backdropped by basically a WWE entrance board. Yeah, the John Cena entrance. We, we talked about that. Yeah. All of a sudden the flames come up, you know, and you start seeing oh, David Aker's name starts flashing on the screen and the music starts playing and yeah, he's coming out representing somebody. That that yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah the, the bit we did last night, no, I couldn't do that one again because that was good, but <laughs> My God, that's David Aker's music. Uh... <laughs> so yeah, so this draft, this draft had a little of everything. You know, every draft's a little different. They're all the, they're all the same, and they're all different. You get past the, you, know, you get out of the top round. You don't know most of who anybody is, other than the name guys and the, you know, and the, and the, and the people who that the league decides that you should know. Um, About New England so we'll taking uh, the running back uh, Sony Michelle. At the end of the first round, who uh, I guarantee will someday be the proud papa of future NFL players Panasonic, Awa, and Hitachi. I promise you that. Yeah. No, that that was yeah. I, I was trying to figure out a good joke to go with that, like imagining what his siblings' names are. You know. Yeah. But yes, yeah, Sony Michelle. I watched him. I mean, he played great in that championship game, but who didn't? I mean, pretty much everybody on both sides of the football acquitted themselves admirably in that championship game. Um, cause that was Georgia, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I watched that. It was a thing. It happened. I didn't want to embarrass myself there all of a sudden and be completely off script, but, you know, I didn't watch much college football, so that's what made it stand out was, was how good the, those Georgia uh, running backs were. And uh, no, he played that, great. That doesn't – Right, because that doesn't make sense. Georgia's not supposed to be in the title game. No, it was it was it was weird. Um, but there they were, and they they should have won. We 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 covered that back when it happened. That's already way long long out of my brain. All of three months ago, yeah, almost and, here and of into the Baltimore, first first of May. 
Baltimore getting into the into the first round to get yeah. Lamar Jackson. So is that uh, that can't that's uh, that's one of those things that can't be a Joe Flacco uh, backup situation really because that's so no, that's, that's a, such a different style. Right. You, you have a game plan with Flacco and he gets hurt. You can't just bring in Lamar Jackson and plug him and, and put him right in there. Cause that's uh, that completely messes up your game plan. That's a, a totally different player. So, right. So Jackson's no, that's a 2020 or a 2021 play. I think, I, th- I think that's another one like Josh Allen, where they will, they, if he is going to be the future and they want to start to mold an offense around him, that offense is going to have to drastically change because you cannot plug Lamar Jackson into the quarterback spot on the Ravens and get and get much because they just they don't have the the players to adapt to his style of play. Yeah, they don't have the schemes and they don't have the the personnel to to make him look good. That's that's for sure. No, that's right got to be anyway. yeah. That's got to be wide open in space, lots of speed at the skill positions. That Baltimore is old and sluggish. And boring, <laughs> yeah. So this is Lamar Jackson. The best thing for Lamar Jackson would be that Joe Flacco is healthy all year, and he could even be third on the depth chart this year. This would almost be like a redshirt season, I would expect. You don't want to expose him to this. Now that would be a project. Yeah, they're playing the long game on this one. I think Joe Flacco's gone after this year, I believe. If he doesn't re up. He is a free agent at the end of this season. So I think that this is, a, again, this is a 2019, a 2020 style play. Well, so, you know, so if they make it clean through this year and you don't see Lamar Jackson take one snap in a uniform, I'll be really interested to look at that Baltimore draft next year. So I think Baltimore's going to, again, I think Baltimore's going to be bad every year since we had them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> And they just continue to surprise and be competitive, but eventually this is all going to start to catch up. So maybe, maybe, maybe John Harbaugh is just that damn good at, at coaching <laughs> that he keeps play for just sort of squeezing blood out of a turnip here, <laughs> and 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 he gets they play hard, they play hard for him, but they, they, I think they're ready to move on from Joe Flacco. Perhaps uh, the numbers he's been putting up makes it seem like it's it's about time to move on from him. But you can't, uh, like I said, you can't transition from him to Lamar Jackson immediately. There's going to have to yeah. be a whole lot of other uh, changes made there. Yeah, uh, anybody who wants to to question Joe Flacco or, or think that we're nuts, just just go watch, uh, go rewatch that Ravens Jaguars game in uh, and from London. London. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I mean that. I think that got Andy Dalton off the hook for the worst quarterback game I've ever seen, <laughs> and not by a, and not guy and not uh, by some bums starting off the street like Jeff Tool or Nathan Peterman. Right. That that doesn't count. The uh, God, who was the 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 Jimmy Clausen uh, game where he was only allowed to throw like five times? <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about something uh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Or or Kaepernick's last stand against the Bears where. Uh, that offense, that offense, that offense set NFL offenses back a hundred years. Yeah, he was pulled in the fourth quarter of that game. I believe he was one for five for four yards. But he'd been sacked so many times, he had a huge net negative of total offense. 
That was the game I believe where we uh, I I I, you, I picked the Bears in that one, and you were not you were sort of beside yourself because you realized that I was pick, picking Matt Barkley over Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I, I did not imagine that they were going to play that bad that day, though. Could not. That's have probably the. T- that's probably now again. There's other reasons, and I think we know what they are. We don't want to speak on any legal matters, you know, or anything. But uh, there's probably a lot of teams that put that tape in if they want to. You know, that's not going to be on the uh, the Colin Kaepernick highlight reel for when he's trying to go play for some of these teams. Hey, watch, watch, watch me play against the Bears. Oh, oh no, no, no don't watch that. Yeah. No, that's. Uh... The 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 ones the the people out there that want to say that it's about football, they will always say that he's just not good enough. He's just not good enough a football player. He's not worth it. He's just not. Uh, and, and there's games out there that will make you think that he's not good enough. Uh, the problem, the only problem being that there are so many quarterbacks in the league that are even worse than that that are still Nathan getting chances. Peterman. But that's uh, God. They didn't, they didn't bench. Ah. I mean, if they would have benched Tyrod Taylor for Colin Kaepernick, we'd have been like, "Oh, okay, they're giving him a chance. Oh, Give Kaepernick a chance. Right. See what he can do with the offense." No, no, no. We get we get five picks in one half. Nathan Peterman. Yeah, you're not trying to tank if you give Colin Kaepernick a chance. If you start Nathan Peterman, you're trying to tank. And then promptly at halftime, pull him because he'd completed <laughs> more balls to the other team than his own team. You know what? Go all out with the tank. Leave him in there. Let him throw. Let him throw. Let him set the record. He only needed three more. So Ty he was Detmer more than halfway the there. Seven. Yeah, Ty Detmer and somebody else tied him, I believe. Uh, but yeah, Ty Detmer threw seven picks in one game. I believe when he was with the Lions. Yeah, why not? Just yeah. Let, yeah, let, let him get into history books. Right. No, I, I, I'm completely I, – we covered this Kaepernick thing enough all of last year that with with just the, the ballast and junk that there is at the quarterback position and the backup and third-string positions on all these teams that he couldn't scratch one roster, something's up. Mm. I think he's yeah, I think he's got himself a case. Yeah, I, 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 no doubt about it. Something hasn't smelled right for that for uh, the entirety of the, of the situation, but – you know, we'll have to see how that all plays out. Yeah. No, I, that so, was one of those where the, the talent was slipping enough where they, you know, the NFL, you know, it's the NFL. They'll probably win. I mean, I hate to say it. They'll probably win this stamp, this thing. Cause you know, there, there's enough there that he had done bad. They'll, they'll just put on that Chicago tape. No, if he was, if he was <laughs> playing at the level he was playing when he took the 49ers to the Super Bowl again, with the NFL, like we talk about with, with the drug guys and the rape guys and anybody, if, can you play? If Colin Kaepernick could play at the level that he played at when he was running for 180 yards against the Packers in the playoffs pretty much without getting touched, he'd still be playing. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch is, is sitting out the anthem all the time, and he still can play, so yeah. therefore it's it's not a problem. Right. Now, as soon as Marshawn Lynch's skills erode, nobody will sign him. Oh, he's he's done. He's out of the league easily. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so you got to keep up a level of, of of play higher than what you would consider of someone else. But yeah, one thing the NFL is not is dumb. 
Well, they're very opportunistic, that's for sure. Yeah. If you can I don't, I don't wanna, win, I don't you can go into, do pretty much what you want. That's right. I don't want to go into court against their lawyers. <laughs> so uh, that would pretty much do it for our draft aftermath aftermath, I believe. Uh, it was, uh, it was yeah, another we gave this one. We gave this one draft. two full nights. Right. We gave it bonus coverage because we got the hour 40 here and an hour from last night, so. But it was it was eventful. It, I think it deserved that much time. There was a lot of things that happened, uh, a lot of uh, players that came in that I, I think are are going to be uh, impactful, but maybe not the ones that everyone necessarily thinks will be impactful. And, and that happens every year too. There's you know the the Stephon Diggs of the world, the guys that you don't really think anything of when they get drafted, and then all of a sudden you look up and they're you know all oh, yeah. pro. Alvin Kamara, all those late running backs last year, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, uh, although Dalvin Cook, I believe, went pretty high. But uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, yeah. who, who who is going to be? If you could look at last year's draft, and, you know, we always do it. I, I always do it when I go through and I do the uh, the recap from the season because I'm always trying to go down the board as far as I can to find – um, quality players late in the draft, and there's always, you know, there are always guys that are the, the names pop up late, and you're like, whoa, wow! I mean, how did how did these guys come up, you know, late in the draft and become they become decent players? And yeah, it's always interesting the way that that works out. Somebody who got yeah, drafted in the a, third, fourth, or fifth round award at the end of the year for for yeah. highest or best value players. So you always uh, yeah. look out for those specifically yeah so i don't I, I should look and see who did i give that to this last year <laughs> i got it right here on my phone honors and dishonors so the rookie steal of the draft. oh i actually gave it to the kicker last year i gave it to harrison butker in the seventh <laughs> round and he made an impact he had a hell of I mean, I'm sorry if you're a pick if you're picked 233 in the draft, you go 38 for 42 on field goals and don't miss an extra point. That's a 33 yard extra point. You didn't miss one playing in Kansas City where there's what? Yeah, okay, yeah, that that's a good pick. And we had some kickers picked this year, so who knows? Maybe it'll be one of those. Maybe maybe that's where the steal of the draft might be. We had some kickers, and then it also reminds me of, uh, I believe somebody traded up to draft a punter at some point. Yeah, and, uh, I think that was I think that was either Oakland or Green Bay because there were two punters taken, like right away, boom, boom, back to back. Well, that was because the the, uh, the, top the Raiders the had round with the Seahawks. Yeah. I know the Raiders had gotten rid of Marquette King, my my favorite, everyone's favorite punter. But the Raiders, I guess, decided that you don't want a punter who's going to give a, a, a the opposition a free 15 yards eight to ten times a season. <laughs> because John Gruden wasn't uh, too crazy about that. About to say that's on Gruden. I think that's Gruden coming in and sending a message that we're, we're not going to have our yeah. punter be all swagged out and 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 have right. a personality. I'm the only one here with a personality. Damn it. Yeah. So well, this is what I about. love. Marquette King, we know he's got probably the biggest leg as a punter in the league, right? Yep. He got signed by Denver. Oh, we we get to get some 91-yard punts now. 
So I was going to say, we're going to see some, some – so they're not, Denver's not going to care if he has a 15-yard taunting penalty because that 70-yard punt is still a 55-yard <laughs> punt after the penalty. Still a 55-yard net. I think that's pretty funny that, that Marquette King ends up in Denver. If you're gonna if you want to be a punter and you want to pad your stats, punter go play there because they don't have kiss. they don't have a humidor for the footballs like they do for the baseballs up in Denver. <laughs> no, it's uh, one of my little secrets of fantasy football all throughout these many years is whatever my last place uh, my last round kicker is if if it's the Denver guy that's out there that's who I'm taking. Whoever the Denver kicker is, Jason Elam, Matt Prater, uh, all throughout the years, whoever yeah. the Denver kicker is, that's my guy. Yeah, because you know you're getting 50-yard bombs left and right. Exactly. Now they're going to have a punter who will, no joke, he will have 70-yard punts this year. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Yeah, the so the – Packers and the Raiders back to back with uh with punters at the end of the fifth round. And before that, earlier in the fifth round was Seattle. So I think it was Seattle that traded with Denver and moved up so that they could take uh this kid Michael Dixon from Texas uh early in the fifth round. Uh, I was hearing that uh the Denver was just laughing. The the the, the war room was just laughing out loud when they saw that Seattle had traded up with them so they could draft a punter, which I'd probably be laughing too because it's a it's a it's a punter. Yeah, you know, and I was looking yeah. through, and we always joke about the mock drafts. We kind of mock not the mock drafts, but the draft grades. There was no mm-hmm. joke. There was one no joke last night. I was reading one of the mock draft articles after our show sort of unceremoniously ended. I thought I'd do a little bit of. I knew we were going to do something the next day, so I was like, I'll do a little bit more brushing up. So I'm reading a little bit more about these mock draft, these uh, draft grades. I'm sorry. One of them, the guy, he did every team by day, right? You know hmm. how they did the first day, how they did the second day, how they did the third day. So that means for – and then for the total of the draft. Okay, so that's times four, right? <laughs> so you got 32 times four. So it's like 128. You got 128 individual grades for all these teams. Wait, wait, and wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Yeah. Zero Fs? Zero Fs. Yeah, I figured that. One, one D. One D. It's 128. <laughs> Yeah. Grades and 127 of them are yeah. C or better. Okay. And I lost All count right. of how many teams it was just A A A A A A A A A A minus A A B A A A A. I mean, oh, it was bad. I mean, and so that, that brings me F- back to that brings. I don't know. That brings me back to three years ago when, uh, you know, when I had when I had actually drawn the NFL Network coverage and I was watching on, uh, you know, I always joke about it on the show too, even even back then when it happened and still to this day, Mike Mayock on day three at the desk and they did a whole segment on draft grades. <laughs> and the draft isn't over and they're giving out all these draft <laughs> grades and everything and they cut to Mike Mayock. Well, Mike, what do you think? And he goes, I think that's the dumbest segment this network's ever done. <laughs> There's nothing better than salty Mike Mayock. No, no. <laughs> so you keep predicting that he'll get booted from the coverage, but I, I think they like the crustiness. 
and he just and he, he knows the watch. game. He just, but, he, but you know, I, I I liked him on the broadcasts. I mean, I loved it when he was in the I booth. Did too. Was it, I, mean, I believe I he was on the call for Beast Mode. Oh, oh. I, you know, I, I, I believe he was the guy, him or the or the the guy doing the play by play, were the guy who were yell who who did the oh when uh, Marshawn Lynch <laughs> uh, stiff armed Tracy Porter into the next century. <laughs> it's gonna be like I, Back to the Future. All of a sudden, at Century League Field, a few years from now, Tracy Porter is just going to appear on the field with sparks around him because he'll have reappeared from his time travel trip that Marshawn Lynch sent him on when he stiff armed him in the you know. Where am I? He just appears on the field in the middle of the night wearing his jersey. <laughs> How did I get Security here? comes running up with a flashlight, and it just, all of a sudden it becomes like an you know, episode of the X-Files or something like that, or, or, or Law and Order something or other. He's just looking around like all bewildered. <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> Where did I come from? Uh-oh. See, the board wants to work when it wants to work. It's got a mind of its no, own. I, I loved Mayock in the booth. I liked him in the booth more than on the desk. I think I was reading. He's salty. He uh, They're looking around for new guys for Monday night, of course, because uh, that, that that group broke up with Gruden going to coaching now. And yeah. uh, the, the play, play guy, they fired him. I think Mayock wanted to be considered to go back to the booth and, oh. and because it's because it's Monday night in ESPN, they want something a little more high profile. So they, they didn't even consider him. And I think he's salty about that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many years did we have to live through ESPN Sunday night, having the far superior boost to the Monday night, you know, back when we right. had McGuire and uh, Theismann and who was the other guy who was doing the, uh, there were the three Mike guys, Patrick. Mike Patrick. That was a much more entertaining, professional. I mean, I loved watching the Sunday night crew, and then we would always get stuck with the, the you know, Al Michaels and John Madden and all. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> and Michaels and Madden were, were great when they were, you know, at their prime, but towards the end, they clearly were, you know, past their prime. Yeah. yeah. So. And now it's the Sunday night crew I can't stand, the most overproduced schlocky coverage of anything that you can get over. Oh, man. And, and Michaels and Collinsworth, they just don't have it anymore. Yeah, Collinsworth isn't really interested in doing anything other than promoting uh, PFF. And That's Al, right. Michaels was, right. Al Michaels isn't interested in doing anything other than promoting whatever L.A. restaurant gave him a free meal that week, so. Yeah, that, that's, right. that's hard. And, to and basically to. cracking into Berman jokes. I mean, Michaels is the new Chris Berman. His references yeah, I, are so old and so outdated that that he has, you know, Chris Berman retired and Al Michaels. Well, Al Michaels, I think, has had the mantle for a while. Yeah, there's there's not much worse than an old guy who's rich and above it all and thinks he's clever because he'll drop oh, yeah. some reference and think. He thinks that's just the, the best pun that's ever been told. And it's like, oh, my God, you don't even realize how terrible you are. You don't uh, even get it. So, all right. Well, we could take a couple-week break here, and we, we we did two shows in a row. I, 
we'll be back at now we're now we're really into the meat and potatoes of of kings of non sequitur it's pretty much anything goes here now until football season oh yeah I, it was uh, the the back to back nights made me think of a of a concept that I don't know if you could even pull off being uh, the family man and all that and with your job and whatnot but like I w- I would love it if we could get to right before the football season and maybe in lieu of like the, the two hour or three hour preview show, maybe have like uh you know, rush week where we have five nights in a row of smaller shows uh, getting ready for the season or something like that. It, it's not something that I have to do, but it was just something oh, wow. that popped in my head. Like the back to back nights is kind of interesting. Uh, so, you know, something to consider like 30 minute shows, yeah. five nights uh, and, and leading up to our, our big, maybe preview at the end of the, at the end of the week or something like that. Yeah. Sweeps. That's what it would be for. It'd be for the sweeps. Week, you know? <laughs> sweeps. Sweeps week. Yeah. <laughs> IMLD sweeps week. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Hey, if we do it late enough. It could work. <laughs> Once right. Everybody's in bed. Who cares? So, all right. I'm good. We know what's coming at the uh, end of the, uh, of the, of the summer. We've, We'll be having our baseball version of, of our Hall of Infamy induction, which I believe we decided was going to be uh, what I write up. Wait, who's uh, it's whoever's not writing up the football one. Who's doing football this right. year? Right, so now we're alternating football and um, and baseball, which I think works. So the one of us is always sort of doing the other one. Let me see here, Hall of Fame, Hall of Infamy. I believe um, I believe you're doing Hall of Infamy this year because I already have in my notes on my phone 2019 Hall of Infamy candidates. Yeah, that means you did the football last year and I'm doing it this year. Okay. I believe so because if I'm if I'm already uh, <laughs> I'm already putting in the Hall of Infamy candidates for 2019 in my phone. Um, I, I'm going to go out on a, on a, on a limb and say, yes, that that was me this last year for hall of infamy. So that would make you, yeah. um, oh yeah. And I've got it right here. I've got my MLB one. I've got my MLB one already to go to. Oh, okay. So there you go. I'll be doing the football yeah. and you'll be doing the baseball. So for Mr. No preparation, I've already got <laughs> at least five ready to go into the MLB. And I've got at least three already ready to go into uh, the NFL one in 2019. Well, I guess you're prepared when you got something you want to say, you got memories you want to go back and, and talk about you. You'll prepare for I that. Take, I take the hall of infamy very seriously because I think it is our greatest <laughs> creation. There you go. I, I take it seriously too. I got my uh, the the back of the envelope that I've been writing on for six years for for candidates, and I still got it right here, the same one. <laughs> and you just scratch it off as you go along. Right, right. If you steal one, I'll scratch it off, yeah. and whatever I use, I'll, I'll I'll scratch them off. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll have my guys ready. That's for sure. Uh, All right, but yeah, until we get to the summer, we will have intermittent shows. Uh, Talking about whatever we want to talk about at, at, at different points, we'll we'll talk about some baseball and some of these shows coming up uh, later this year. We haven't gotten much into the uh, the Shohei Otani uh, deal, which has been uh, 
it's been fascinating to watch for me. I, I, I could go on about him because it's been uh, some of the stuff he's doing is unbelievable. The fact that he's doing it from both uh, pitching and hitting. Uh, so we got baseball to talk about. We got uh, world events as the world continues to sort of smolder and burn. We got uh, whatever other football events come up. Uh, and the NBA Finals is uh, right around the corner. Don't know if LeBron James and the Cavaliers will be able to make it to that, but we'll, we always give that a little bit of, of talk, not a whole big breakdown, but we always give a little love to, uh, to the NBA Finals. Uh, and whatever else is on our mind. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to about do it for us tonight. Uh, do the plugs real quick. Uh, you can always email the show with any questions or comments. You send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. Jason is on Twitter at IMLDJTG. I am on Twitter at IMLDDre. Uh, listening to the show as a podcast right now, uh, there's many different places to go, many different podcast apps to find us. You can go to iTunes, Apple Music, search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, and that's how you get our live show and the after show as well. If you just want to listen to us live, the website for that is blogtalkradio.com slash inmuchlessdetail. And thankfully, blogtalkradio.com worked for us for all two hours, and we were able to talk to each other without having any reverberation. So good on Blog Talk Radio. When they get it together, I guess we should uh, we should give them their props, even though it seems to be uh, increasingly rare. Uh, so, But we don't know exactly when we'll come back for our next show because we just kind of say, hey, you want to do a show? Okay. So you got to sort of keep up with us in that respect. But uh, we'll be we'll be back on somewhere down the road, two weeks, three weeks, something like that. We will be back with another Kings of Non Sequitur episode. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast, Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version, talking about football, even though it's still the off-season, but getting ready for the real season coming up in August for pregame and and, and exhibition and all that good stuff uh that'll do it for us we will talk to you somewhere down the road in a few weeks Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.